0: What's up, everybody? My name is Rohan. Welcome
1: back.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we got a top left corner. We got young Dilett in the house, bro. <laughs> What's up, Mikey? I'm loving the here. intro so far. It looks like he's about to rob a convenience store for the first time.
2: We- <laughs> <laughs> it's been a cleaning day, all right.
0: And that may be the coldest mustache I've seen all no shave November. We got Owen over there. How are we doing, boys? What up, what up? And then we have a man who got a fade for the first time in his life today.
3: (laughs) What? No, I get a fade every time. I get a fade every time.
0: First edge up, at
3: least. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, dude, he he sprayed me with, like, the black paint and stuff, and I was like, bro, what do you think this is right now?
0: (laughs) Thanks for letting me take over the pod today, guys. Um, It's going to be a very heavy Arteta episode.
3: that's oh, the... is
2: Fuck. it? Okay. Act, worked this week.
3: Okay. All right. Well, before we get into the Mikel Arteta parts, let's talk about the Ole part. So Josh, what's what's happening, man? A ah.
4: resident oh, Manchester United supporter.
3: Conte. Why would they miss out on Conte? And then the week after File Fy... fire Ole.
2: I honestly have no idea. It's just poor management from just the owners, I don't I don't see it. I like I don't see why they didn't need to wait and then just they basically just waited for us to get embarrassed by one of our like worst defeats in history. They just needed they history. just needed that to happen first. I'm no I'm I'm a Crystal Palace fan though. I'm not a United fan. We,
3: <laughs> we we've seen this happen before on this podcast where the chooses a different team every time Arsenal are in a poor run of form. And then he circles back.
4: It's, a, it's always been Crystal Palace. Stop trying to make me seem like some wishy-washy
0: bandwagon team. D- Dillette has been a Palace fan for at least a year and a half now.
3: <laughs> at least a year and a half. That's fair. That's fair. Dillette, w- what are your thoughts with what's happening at Manchester?
4: I'm with Josh, man. I, th- I think it's a social experiment. <laughs> that's where I'm at that's... on it because n- none of that made sense. But I- I'm excited for where they're going to go now. That- that's all I can say because... Ole's put together a decent squad and I think like whether he knew it or not it was always kind of like get a team together and then we're going to fire you. That's how I always looked at the situation because he's not like a top top manager but he seemed to get a, a good squad going. So I'm excited to see where they're going to go next because they, they have the pieces they just need the brain up top. It'll do It'll do wonders. It has to.
3: I also think what Ole did at the club was good as in. Not not so much winning-wise or, like, trophy-wise, but what he did in terms of the culture and the organization. Because after Jose Mourinho, like, I know a lot of – I, I was a fan of Jose Mourinho at United, but I know a lot of United fans, especially these too, Josh, just hated United. Like, they would not watch the games because it became such a toxic environment. That- well, you could, you could even
2: see, especially in, like, I was super happy when Ollie first came and, you know, managed the team. You could see the joy in the game again like in some of the players you know you you could just see them enjoying playing and just with Mourinho it seems so much like a job to them before like I mean that was almost what three years ago it seemed a little bit more like a job to them and it's actually seems some playing but now they're just you know it's nice to have that fun side of the game but it's also there
3: needs to be organization and there just didn't seem to be enough of it and if any of it that's completely true and I I also think that yeah, he. Uh, I don't think they ever hired him thinking, oh, he's gonna win us the Champions League, as so much as uh, I. feel like they held on for to him for too long, but I felt like his main goal was to bring back that sense of the the old days of United, basically,
4: like a revival. That's what they yeah, wanted. Yeah, like a revival. And yeah. also,
3: like I, I, I want to commend Manchester United board for sticking with their manager, because nowadays, manager after like one poor run of games is just immediately fired. Like you look at Watford, and they've had like. 10 managers in the past 11 years, or something like that. Oh, and w- w- what are your thoughts on it?
1: Well, I mean, it was inevitable it was going to happen. Glad thing it happened now. Uh, I don't know. Who you guys think is going to come in? What are your guys' thoughts on that? I have some picks.
3: All right, let's hear.
4: I have some picks since it seems like we're ready to get into that. Uh, obviously, the the main one that we've seen a lot circulating in the news is Mauricio Pochettino. Ooh. I don't think he's the best option, but I also think that he he knows how to manage a, a a relatively large club well. I mean, he did it with Tottenham for a couple of years, and he honestly did a decent job there. would not say it was great, but I, I think with the right with the right team that he has now, he'll probably be able to do wonders with it. And one thing that I'd like to highlight with Pochettino is that he's like a huge fan of Pogba, and Pogba's been a very um, very weird topic for United fans, like the, just utilizing him correctly in the team. And Pochettino being a big fan of Pogba gives me hope that he'll be like properly utilized in that team now. So, hopefully, we'll see that if he's, if
0: he's the one to get the job.
3: Michael, your thoughts?
0: I mean, I feel Pochettino is cool, but it just seems like a small step up from Ole. Like, it feels like a transition manager for them. But um, even with that being said, like a small... St- I can see that like a guy that's well-respected, he's done well in the... Board. I think he'd be a good pick for them. But my pick is probably a little less unrealistic, but I think he'd be perfect in terms Ooh. of the, the way he mm. plays. He's so different ah. to the Prem. He's won at Affledi at before. He's done so much there. I feel like he's kind of like hit the ceiling as far as Affledi can go as a club. But I think him coming to the Prem and uh, bringing his four four two to the Prem would be something very excited. And uh, like he galvanizes the Fleddy fan base already. I think he could do the same for United.
2: Actually, that is a really that's good a, take.
0: Yeah, that's a great shout. It's, he's like he's like bringing
4: Jose Mourinho in, but like if people like Jose Mourinho, yeah,
3: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's honestly what it is. But I also think the media had a lot to play with Ole, um, because they never really criticized him until this year. If you think about it, like they were always like especially the former United players all the time, and those are the ones who are on like Sky sports all the time are like, oh yeah, you know he just needs some time, he just needs some time. and now they're all like, I knew deep down, never it was never, never, never gonna work
2: see i don't I don't know if I agree with that because I feel like, um you know a lot of times you know there was like half and half because you know half the people were like, oh he's at the wheel, and then half the time people were just making fun of him for saying that so like i don't I don't know if he was ever. But then again, that goes back into saying, you know, he was never supposed to be that winning manager. He was supposed to be that rebuilding manager. So, but, I don't know. I don't think ever, anybody ever really, I think he got enough slack early on, but he got a lot more this year, definitely.
0: Yeah. Yo, question for you guys. If we're judging Ole as a, a rebuilding manager, what other job did he do?
3: I mean, you look at his win record, it's not too far off of Jose Mourinho's, but Jose also won four trophies at United, including the Europa League.
4: But this is in and- terms of rebuilding, so I-, I wouldn't say that wins are a huge factor. I, I feel like yeah, if his it's role pretty- there is to revive the club, we got to look at the squad he's built, the culture that he's brought to the club, where they are in Europe, which, I mean, he brought them into the Champions League comfortably last season, and... Mm-hmm. Personally, I don't think the team that he's built is very good. There's a lot of holes in it, and even like where he's filled holes, there's still holes, which is a big concern. But
3: I agree. I
4: mean, he he's integrated some good players. While well. he's brought up Mason Greenwood, uh, I'm leaving for the next manager. It's a it's a good position, honestly. Uh, personally, I don't think McGuire and Wan Bissaka are like people that you want to be mainstays in your team. But I don't know. It's like only. Four or so positions that they like desperately need help in, but outside of that, it seems like he's built a great squad. I well, give him like yeah. eight, out, eight out of ten.
2: Well, yeah, even I, with the transfer window in like two months, I mean, that's, I mean, that's an easy time to really try and figure out some holes and fill those holes. It was McGuire or was that Mourinho that
0: brought him in? I
4: actually um, don't know. I'll check that. I want to say it was. I want to say it was Ole because
2: he's.
3: I thought it was I think, Ole. I think Ole brought him in. I don't know. Yeah. I think to let maybe eight out of ten is too generous. I mean, I'm
4: just saying in terms of reviving Manchester United. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. They were yeah, outside I
4: mean, of the the top four basically for like three years straight or something after or like around the Mourinho time, and no one really liked Manchester United. And even now, as a neutral, I I can like I watch Manchester United and I say like I enjoy this team. I like the players. I like the like the the feeling of the club. You know. Even as an Arsenal fan, I say that.
3: I mean, they're definitely in a better spot than when he took over, which is something that like is isn't always possible. So that's something he can walk away with. But, I mean, you look at it and you say, okay, is this a team Zidane can come and take over? No, not really. Too many holes. Is this a team where a top manager can come in and take over? No, not really. You're looking for a manager who's trying to make that second step, like Graham Potter, but Gra- it's far too early for Graham Potter. Uh, I, I would rule him out in terms of hiring. I think it's a little bit early for him. But I think United aren't at a level yet where they can have a top manager like Zidane or someone come in. They, they would have to have someone like Eric Ten Hag um, over at Ajax who's looking to try and make a second step up into that upper echelon of managerial uh, positions in football.
2: That's who exactly I was going to say. Well, and especially with, you know, Ajax being such a strong academy, United also has a very strong academy. He could actually develop a lot of those youth players better, and we could, you know, fill those holes not even using money without throwing money at the problem, but through the development system.
0: What's going on with United's, like, youth academy? I feel like they should have more young guys on this main roster. I'll tell you what happened. It was stunted
4: about two or three years. Remember a guy named Jose Mourinho came in, <laughs> and he kind yeah. of. there's a. I remember there was actually a, a good patch of of young players around 2016, 17 at United, and Marcus Rashford was like the only one to really come through. Luke mm. Shaw as well, but Luke Shaw was kind of he was kind of injured for most of the Mourinho time. But yeah, th- that that's basically what happened. Rashford was the only one to survive that period. Martial, we know where he is now. But yeah. As <laughs> for the the under twenty one team, I think is is okay.
3: For, you know, from who's what I've seen, the under twenty one team is actually very impressive. Manchester Cities. So that's what I was.
0: That's what I was thinking. Like City's team, and I guess like Chelsea's team too. Like they seem like Arsenal way. Academy, yep. It is, too. Yes, it's Arsenal
4: too. Like City has. Have... I wouldn't. Put Arsenal's in there. Arsenal's academy, it's good, but it's. It's more out of necessity. I'll be honest. I wouldn't say we're uh, we're thriving with it. We're just kind of <laughs> getting our young players in. It seems to be working, but I wouldn't put it at the level of like Chelsea's loan Chelsea monster system. Money? Yeah, like I wouldn't. That's not even an academy. It's like a worldwide network of lone players that just play <laughs> for Chelsea every every couple of every couple of seasons, and then like if they're good enough, they'll get pushed up. I honestly give it like a couple of years before that's like outlawed by F- by the FA or something something like that cuz it's wild.
3: <laughs> yeah, I mean yeah. Connor Gallagher is a Chelsea academy yeah. product. Yeah. That
4: not. Yeah, that's that's exactly what I mean. Whenever I found out Gallagher was a Chelsea academy current like like loanee, current, I yeah, like, like, was loan.
0: like what? <laughs> that's how I yeah, you think they're just like a diamond in the rough coming out of
4: home. Yeah, and it's like no, Chelsea's had him for 4 years. He's just been loaned out to six different clubs in that time. Like yeah. It's a little bit unfair, That's but yeah. True.
3: Well, we have talked about Manchester United a lot in the past couple of weeks, so let's pivot over to something else. Michael, um, you're joining us today, and I believe you have some hot takes for us.
0: I do. I do. And now I thought, thank you for allowing me the time to really think about these, because uh, this first one, is developed, this take is developed over. And it's about England's uh, number nine, Harry Kane. Harry Kane should be removed from the England national team. <laughs> Amen. And it Amen. Also, it also big performance because the take was originally that Harry Kane doesn't deserve trophies, and I stand by that because he should. He should. I feel like him not leaving Tottenham has it's not because of Tottenham. I think it's because of him. And he's just an incisive <laughs> man, and he doesn't like. He's just not clear with what he wants to do in like the direction of his life. I, he could have forced the move. out. <laughs> Every star player does it. Every star player gets out of their team if they want to, and he didn't do it because he's some type of loyalty to these people in North London. I don't get it.
3: <laughs> nah, nah, you know what? I I agree. I agree with the second half of it. I don't agree with the first half of it. No, no, even the first half. The first
0: half has more to do with style of play because he like this type of striker. He is. I feel like he just plays so slow for that England team. Like they should be. Like he kind of. Like the way he like kind of sits back and like he'll uh, like kind of like a false nine role sometimes. I guess Josh is looking at me so crazy right now, but um, it just doesn't like. I'm really glad City didn't sign him because I feel like it makes them a much slower team, and I feel like he makes England a slow team too. And it just doesn't like allow players like
1: mm.
0: play like to their highest level where they can like run and like attack and just be direct players. And um, but like football wise he sh- I don't think he's a good fit for that team but also just winning trophy wise he's absolutely not a good fit for that team
3: i i will say when he is at his best for england it's when he's doing quick layoffs with the with the wingers and uh like phil foden and <laughs> mason mount who play higher up the field uh, I, I i i will agree that is when he is at his best but he also like plays in raheem sterling a lot yeah I think it's part to do with the system, with
4: Southgate at least. Uh, I think there, there's no doubt that Harry Kane doesn't deserve trophies. I don't think anyone wants to dispute that. I, yeah, I would he say he does. does. His, with his life choices yeah. and his, uh, his, his career decisions, he doesn't deserve trophies at all. hope he doesn't win any. But with this really? spot in the England team, it, you have to give some of that, some of that blame to Southgate because Southgate doesn't play <laughs> an attacking midfielder which kind of requires Harry Kane to drop deeper. Obviously, I I want to say that if he played further up the field as like a high nine to link up the play, England would honestly be a, a much better team. But I'm not the coach of England, nor am I a coach at all. So who knows what defensive liabilities I would bring up. But I think it's a bit unfair to put all that on Harry
3: Kane. Josh, okay. before you go real quick, I just want to say he, who else would take his spot, Michael? That was my first question. One who can score off of like three touches and a half?
2: You, you put, you're putting Calvert Lewin in? You are putting Vardy in? Like neither. We're putting we're putting a,
3: another a Mourinho player. Okay.
0: Tammy Abraham. I just put Tammy up top. Tammy up top. <laughs> yeah. Tammy would be perfect. You saw that layoff he had to a throw. Yep. Amazing. He's
3: just not clinical enough. Like Harry Kane, like. If he gets one chance in a game, like, I'm, I'm putting money that he's going to score it. He's one of the best strikers in the world. Like, you can't argue, argue that.
0: I can't. Like, technique, I'll never argue against his, like, ability. It's un, it's almost unmatched. He's, like, one of the best. It, there's no question. Like, his finishing is great. Like, the type, like, his passing is incredible. But it's just his, like, his mentality that I just cannot get behind. And I, To I feel
2: like, argue I mean, your point with the, the forcing a leave thing, the only reason that he has a like a, a release clause set for 150 million euros, and the reason that is is because like I think his like it's it might not it might be his brother or like his like one of his family relatives is like his agent, and they just screwed his contract.
4: They gave no, him a very was, unambitious contract. Yeah, yeah. It, was a, it was it was stupid. a death row.
3: They had a gentleman's agreement with Levy that he would leave at the end of the summer. And like, why would you ever think that was gonna happen?
0: Yeah. So, so like he's
3: too nice a guy, I feel like he's just too nice.
0: Ronaldo wouldn't stand for that.
4: That's true. You can't be too That's nice true. as a striker.
2: No, the striker's gonna be an asshole.
4: Yeah. We know, yeah, Josh knows this from personal experience. Uh, yeah. Josh is a great striker. Tell I tell you know what the funny part is, every time I, I see you play, I always tell you it should be meaner. <laughs> like <laughs>
3: But yeah okay all right that that's not that's not that out of pocket but okay it's the next one. Oh,
4: i also would like to add before you move on to your next one i feel like international play is more suited to dominant calvert lewin uh, than is to harry kane
3: i think dominant calvert lewin is the most below average striker that all right we, could, we could
4: split opinions more. on that then i think he's decent yeah i, I think, think
2: he's pretty good. decent but
4: yeah, I think international play, especially, is more suited to an athletic tall, like more more dominant striker rather than Harry Kane. If they I, could somehow I, fit Harry Kane like at the ten or something behind him, then that would probably work really well. Kane and then two trick like Foden and Sterling on the sides I feel like that would work really well. but I don't know. I just feel like international play has always suited more dominant strikers rather than strikers who are gonna drop
3: deep yeah low key, what they could do is they could just. Not play a striker like City and just put Harry Kane in the midfield four.
4: Just put
2: Reese James up there; he's clinical.
4: Honestly, I mean that's ba- that's basically what's going on, anyways. Having Kane and playing the midfield. Yeah.
3: Yeah, yeah, but sometimes he gets so isolated up there. Even playing alongside Sterling, sometimes I just feel like he's so isolated. Sterling likes to drift, uh, touchline to touchline. So.
4: Yeah, yeah. What they're really missing is honestly just the
0: the creative midfielder. Oh, he- just, yeah. It's
3: like. They didn't have him,
0: but the way he's been playing for England, it seems like he's really a part of the squad now. So you can just like whip it into Harry Kane and let Harry Kane finish it.
3: But- yeah. All right, what's the second take?
0: Next take. I oh, and I have to go at your team for a little bit. And this is uh, all right the best time since off the league right now. But it has to do with them and their top signing this year, Romelo Lukaku.
3: And Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I know where this like, is going.
0: Like, what Chelsea does real well—it's actually like amazing. Like the like the team that they built. But I feel like they maximize the potential of pretty much every single player on that team. I don't—if you take Marcus Alonso, I don't think he's really gonna play better on any other team besides Chelsea. I think the same goes for Rudiger, um, Thiago Silva at this point in his career, Jorginho, Reese James, even like Kai Havertz and uh, Timo Werner. Like this is this is as good as it's gonna get for ball for them. But there's one guy that they hold back, and I think he's just better than the system. And that's Romelu Lukaku. I think, like he, like how talented of a striker is. Like the system Chelsea has, it just holds him back so much. Like he should be, like he should like it should like goals should be coming so easy, but they're not. And granted, he's hurt right now. But and even if he was healthy, he wouldn't be the star of the team because it feels like. um Tuchel and the system are really like the star here. No one really shines more than anybody else. And uh, I don't know, I just feel like Chelsea, it's weird to say this because they're so good and like they're the best team in the league right now. And they're probably going to make a deep Champions League run too. But I kind of feel like Romelo Lukaku, individually is just way better than what that team is.
3: I'll say that I was watching Chelsea play last weekend and I was like, They play a very communistic style of football. And when I say that, I mean, like like you said, no one's the star. Everyone shares the defensive burden pretty equally. Um, And they create so many numerical advantages and work so well within one another that they create so many, like, diamonds and triangles within triangles of diamonds um, in different areas of the pitch, especially – um in the central midfield that allows, you know, like you said, Alonso and Rhys James to move completely freely. Um and also not playing super wide wingers all the time and having that rotational shift, I think also does take away a lot of the a lot of the offensive burden that a striker would typically have to bear.
1: Yeah no Michael I'd I'd agree with you. I think under Lampard, the system that they play relied on like one heavy player that they did not have but with the switch to tukul everybody seems to be maximized as you said so everybody's on that same playing level and they're just all playing great together so they can't really have one player shining out above everybody else so i think if um lukaku was here last season beginning of last season i think he would have fit in great there because they were trying to rely too much on timo and he's just not that high striker player that they needed um so the switch to tukul Tuchel, tukul's the star and puts everybody else as rohan said communistic play style everyone's just kind of even Should, how many they've got like you can say this because they've got i don't know how many goal scores it is now but it's like 17 different goal scores on the season
2: well and so, yeah so like my point is is like so you're saying that lukaku is above that system but this system is winning the prem right now so how is he above that system because obviously yeah. I, when i see a good team i think of a team that has many goal scorers you don't know where the goal is going to come from you know and outside the outside backs are their leading goal scorers like when do you see that in a team and like you know you put Lukaku in there and then they don't know who's going to score you know you could have your outside backs you could have Rudiger scoring you know you could have Lukaku scoring as you expect him to you know that just makes it unpredictable for a team it's hard to see who to pick up who to put pressure on who to double up that's just that makes it a little more difficult for a team
1: no, I like that. I wouldn't say Lukaku is above the system. I think he complements the system.
2: Yeah. He's
1: a shining star that you would expect him to be.
2: You know? Anybody can play in the system, and it's just nice to have a clinical finisher.
1: He's an asset. He's not the yeah. star. Definitely. Adela, what do you I, think?
4: I, I honestly agree with the take. I think this is one of, one of my favorite takes from you. I, I don't think. I think what it is with Chelsea is that he it's not that he holds them back in any way. It's just that Chelsea hold him back is, is what I, is what I feel like is going on. I think you could put Lukaku in a, in a different team with a different system and the team might not be as good, but Lukaku himself would be banging in way more goals, way more assists more involved in the overall play and probably get, you know, better shouts for things like the Ballon d'Or player of the season, stuff like that. Whereas in Chelsea, with the way that they play, he'll probably win more more trophies, but less individual accolades.
2: Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I
3: agree with that. Yeah.
2: He, he no, can, be...
3: have... can you hear me now? I think what he was going to say is it's the same with Jack Grealish, where Jack Grealish is a great player, but he doesn't necessarily fit within the system of Manchester City where he has the ball at his feet all the time and complete freedom to roam and do whatever kind of he wants. Yeah, exactly. True. Also, uh, uh, okay, we'll we'll get to my take later, but um, okay, well, what's next, Michael?
0: I just uh, I don't know. Is there is there a striker you think that would fit better for right now than Lukaku? Like who? I think,
3: I think yeah. Lukaku would play a lot better with Timo Werner up top because Timo Werner, whenever he and Lukaku played together at the beginning of the season, Timo Werner opens up so much space for Lukaku, like so much space. That it's ridiculous. Like, I was watching the runs Timo was making and dragging defenders away from Lukaku, making it easier for Lukaku to turn defenders as he likes to do. So I think they don't necessarily need a different striker because I think the same thing's going to happen where the team is so communistic in their approach that the goals are just going to come from everywhere.
1: Yeah.
3: So I think Lukaku is a good fit. But it's just that Chelsea hold Lukaku back rather than Lukaku hold Chelsea back.
2: Yeah, I'd agree. I think I'd agree too. Like
0: Lukaku didn't destroy Arsenal earlier this year, and he's like a new player that hasn't really like fully integrated until he got like he got got here and then pretty much got hurt right after. So yeah, still great, but it'd be nice to see him like like when I watch like Madrid play and like the way like Benzema just kind of it all runs through him and he's the star of that show. I feel like that's how lukaku should be and i don't think he'll get that chelsea but that's okay it seems like he's like happy to be there and he's gonna off. he's still gonna get his, like 18 to 20.
3: yeah
0: and um, yeah rohan that was that was my last take today
3: that's all that. those were some good takes i'm not gonna lie i'm not gonna lie those are some good takes but Interesting. I, I have a take it's rodri is a top two cent CDM in the Premier League. The only one who comes, who who I would put ahead of him, because I, I don't consider Conte a CDM. I consider Conte a center mid, box to box. But the only one who who I would put ahead of him is maybe Fabinho, maybe. Because I don't even think this is that
4: rivalry. hot. Huh? I don't even think this is that hot of a take. Then, if you mm-hmm. don't count Conte as a DM,
2: like. I'd count this like the center mids. Like, I kind of see them as CDMs too. Anybody that's yeah, not right. a can CDM to me,
3: in, in, including the, the, then, including Conte. The only one I would for sure put ahead of Rodri is Conte.
4: So, you think he's on the level of Fabinho,
3: I or think he, if I anything, think he's a little bit worse, above the level of Fabinho. Because, uh. And I'll say this because. I've been watching him from the start of the season. And I've noticed it, but I just haven't said anything because I'm waiting for him to make a blind back pass to Laporte and leave it short, and then we're going to get countered by fucking Mbappe this coming Tuesday. But um, I think he has won the ball so much, uh, so, so much, especially so high up the field, that at times he's single-handedly pinning back the defense because he just cuts off just about every single passing lane. And he's so calm under pressure. I cannot tell you the amount of times I've seen Laporte or Walker just give him an absolute hospital of a pass and him just play out of it so well. And he also, when he wins the ball back immediately, rather than losing the ball or trying to do something crazy, just sprays it out wide right onto the winger's toes that it's so, so impressive. I mean, he did it against um, Liverpool. He did it against United. He uh, He did it against Chelsea. And every time I watch him, I'm just more and more impressed. And I think a large part of it is when he came to City, uh, he was a good player. But in the Pep Guardiola system, it takes so long for a player to adapt to it that you can't judge him in the first six months. Because Riyad Mahrez was so underwhelming when he came to City. Um, Jao Cancelo was, didn't even play, basically, his first year at City before um, breaking into the team into the team and now look at where he is and that's why i haven't said anything about jack Grealish. just because i want to give him like six months because consistently players that come into manchester city while pep's in charge it just takes like a while to adapt to the system and Rodri has become arguably top two cdm in the premier league and probably top five in the world
0: i think Mm -hmm. i mean you're pretty sick and that goal he had yesterday was pretty ridiculous too yeah yeah Adila, I remember you hated, you, hated, uh, you hated Rodri when he first got there. Have you changed your thoughts on him?
4: I think he's better. I still don't like him, but I think he's better. Top two is a bit, is a bit of a stretch. I don't think he has much competition outside of Fabinho. I That's think so- Fabinho <laughs> clear of him. But other than that, it's like who, who's after Ndidi and Declan Rice. I feel like he's a little bit above
3: that level. He's also only like 23, I think. Is he really? Yeah.
4: Very mature then for a 23 year old CDM. That doesn't really happen too much, but like
3: when I watch him, it reminds me of Busquets with passing range. Definitely, I could see that.
2: See that, yeah. Fairly similar players.
3: Yeah, and when when he plays for the uh, national team, he's going to be playing under Busquets or with Busquets, and that's just only going to make him so much better. Yeah.
4: I'd be surprised if they do- if they both start together. That'd be weird.
3: Yeah, that would be so weird, but.
4: But yeah, I get what you're okay. saying. He's a nice replacement okay. for Busquets. But yeah, I don't think I don't think he's better than Fabinho. I feel like they have a very similar job, but um I, I would say that uh City's system is a little bit better. So it kind of I it don't turns. know, kinda of suffering suffering from success kind of thing. Fabinho has a bit of a harder job. But but yeah. Roger's definitely making a case though to push into that that like top, top, top group of cdms in the world and and he's arguably already there
3: i'll agree that like one-on-one defending i'm taking fabinho but i think where Rodri takes it is that passing range because his passing range is always flawed like it's so nice to watch like i've started taking note this season and i'm like has he been doing this the whole time because he is controlling the tempo he's switching it when he should he's doing like exactly what pep wants
4: to be fair, you might not notice it just cuz City field like nine midfielders a game.
1: Yeah. But that's true.
4: But yeah, he definitely has a great range of passing.
0: That's true.
3: Any other hot takes?
0: He seems very trustworthy. I feel like I could trust Rodri with like anything. Off the also, pitch,
3: what Off- also may be a fan of him <laughs> is he he still drives the same car um like from 2000 and like 12 or something. And what he, is it? He, uh, I don't know. Like he gives away a lot of money to schools. He gives. Uh, he doesn't have any tattoos, so he can donate blood every month. He's, he's also a nice, nice lad.
1: You don't donate blood if you have tattoos.
2: Yeah, You can't do that. Yeah.
4: All right, no. guys. Next episode on the Kidman podcast, Rohan will be um, confessing his love to Rodri. Stay tuned.
2: I mean, <laughs> yo, Rodri, if you're hearing this, hey, nicest hat in the prim episode there we go go through <laughs> <are> the tats <laughs> the, the, Ooh, low key. we could do that my number <laughs> one's definitely gonna be zaha's star tattoo on his neck it's easy or or uh ederson's smiley
3: face That's so ederson it. oh yeah so that, I, yeah that'll ederson be there has my vote
0: and oh. I look, audrey drives an opal corsa which i guess is uh
2: yeah it's yeah.
0: like the european looking i've ever seen very compact
1: it's like a mr bean car yeah <laughs> like a mini cooper kind of thing yeah like
3: a mini cooper <laughs> that's fine. i don't know i don't know if i trust him now yeah that's fair well that's all the time we have for you guys this week michael thank you so much for joining us be sure to tune in next week with another episode we'll see you guys then
0: no arsenal talk
3: that's messed oh, up bro. do you want to do arsenal no, no no we can do that we can do that yeah yeah, yeah go go
4: nah dude one week without arsenal is nice one week without Arsenal. I just want to say,
0: we can end it you on this. It. Arteta would kill uh, Klopp in a fight. No doubt in my mind, Yeah, yo. No you doubt. Do you think Arteta
3: would be Klopp in a fight?
0: Absolutely, yo. Klopp did not Klopp win.
3: Is, Klopp, Klopp is a beefy dude. dude. Klopp is terrifying.
2: Him. Dude. I mean, Klopp's he's a nice guy. I want to meet him. But he's
4: also to be fair, German, Arteta's though. still in shape and like 35. Klopp's an old Next
3: man.
1: Next celebrity boxing match?
3: Yeah. Arteta I feel versus like Klopp. Claw has that like.
2: I think Claw could be Jake Paul's ass. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely, I agree.
3: I agree. I agree. (laughs) He would fuck up Jake Paul.